welcome to the Pottervision Podcast, the podcast where every 14 days, myself, Lucas Kirkby, and another self, himself, Tom Lawrenson, we look at a chapter of a load of books, there's seven of them by the way, called Harry Potter and the Something, and we're on the fifth one, episode 134, chapter 37, The Lost Prophecy. That's right, The Lost Prophecy, not The Lost Prophets, which is a Welsh band with a bedo in it. Oi. Uh, Tom, how are you? They're your countrymen. Well, I know. Bloody awful, isn't it? I don't know much of the details. I'd rather not know. Why would you start this off by bringing up that godforsaken band? There's something wrong with you. <laughs> well, it's the title of the... Sometimes I let my mind run away. I think I think my mind works a bit like like fast in the wrong way i get a lot of thoughts that come all at once and sometimes i say them and if I one agree. thing leads me to another then it just comes I, out doesn't it i agree there is something evil about you i didn't say evil i just said uh, just a lot of thoughts come through right yeah sometimes sorry. i'll be having a sometimes i'll be having a conversation with martina and then i'll stop for five seconds to have a think and then I'll say something that I think's related, but I've made about three different steps towards <laughs> something completely unrelated. Mm. Like it might be, I don't know, I'm eating a cream egg, and then I might think egg, bird, eagle, America. And I'll be like, well, speaking of America, uh, I like Hawaii. Like, there's what? something, you know, there's egg, something. Bird, eagle, America. What is with this evil genius mind you have? It's not evil and it's not genius. You're like Megamind from the film Megamind. Thank you. This brain. Has he got a big blue head? I've never seen that. He has. He's he's got this you've got this brain that's firing on all cylinders. No. Is he a mega mind? is he a genius, that blue blue bloke? I don't know, I've not seen it. Um <laughs> but how are you? What have you been up to? See, then I was like, blue, blue men, stomp, drums. Well, they're not called stomp, they're called the blue men group. Yeah, but there's the blue men, and then that made me think of stomp, who are the people, because blue men are like, they just, they're like blue and they do drums, and then stomp just like, stomp around with bins, don't they? Hmm. Don't know. What are they doing now? Do you remember when that was entertainment? They were on the Royal Variety performance. The Who Queen was? sat there. The stomp. Was it? The Queen sat there watching. Oh, I like that opera singer. That comedian was quite good. A load of men come on with bins. Oh, the Queen doesn't like that. She doesn't want to see rubbish being smashed together. Oh, you watch too much television. <laughs> I don't. I don't watch any television. That's why all my memories are from... 15 years ago. I don't watch anything new. About the Royal Variety well, before. Me and Martina have been watching uh, The Handmaid's Tale. And I was like, oh, that's new. And I looked at it, it's like 2017. It's like <laughs> seven years old. Mm, enjoying it? I am enjoying it. It's very grim. It's not relaxing. It's a bit dire. It's where, I don't know, people, people might know about it, but it's a dystopian society where men are dominant and uh, keep women for reproduction. It's horrible. It's not like you to bring up something 
negative and depressing at the start of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen that? Bits, bobs, yeah. I've not been yeah. watching that. What have I been watching? I watched the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie the other night. Mutant Mayhem. Brilliant. Is it good? Is that the new cartoon one? It's the new cartoon one, and it's brilliant. Definitely recommend it. Very funny. Hey, that's good. They're coming back a bit, the cartoons, aren't they? Because there was that uh, cartoon Spider-Man one. That was good. Into the universe, or whatever it's called. I bought myself this uh, new uh, insulated cup. It's a Yeti. Oh, hey, I like that. I was like, oh, I need some because I, I keep letting my coffees go cold. So I bought this, and yeah. one, it's too heavy. <laughs> yeah. I bought something to go on walks with. It's too heavy. I can't. I can't keep it up. Yeah. It hurts my arm. And then, too hot as well. I'm finishing the walk. I'm not having a sip. I made this trick like four hours ago. Yeah. <laughs> it's too good. Yeah. The reason your drink is kept warm is because it's insulated with half a ton of concrete. You're mm. Dragging it around. That's good. Yeah. That'd be good. A flask that's like a, a replica of the crust of the earth. And it's right in the middle. It's like molten lava and only stays warm. Mm. Do you reckon anything is living down there? You know, in the middle of the earth. Do you reckon there's like lava monsters or something? What are these questions? Have you got nothing to say? <laughs> I'm just having a think. Things you start this Maybe podcast off with. Week. Do you think there's anything living under the crust of the earth? Oh, I saw Handmaid's Tale. What about Lost Profits? This is an entertainment podcast. People tune in for a bit of light relief. And you're trying, you're hell-bent on scaring people. I don't like it. <laughs> Lava monsters isn't that bad. That's exciting. I mean, like little red rocks walking around. Oh, brilliant. What if some ice people are listening to that and that you mention lava monsters? That's the worst enemy. With the ice people. <laughs> <laughs> That's scaring me cold. Lava monsters. Cozy. It's too hot. Well, go on then, you, you regale us with, with what you've been up to this week. Well, I went to Leicester for the Leicester Comedy Festival. Guess how much oh, I paid yeah. for four hours parking. Four hours parking, I'm going to guess 12 quid. 15 quid, broke my heart. Oh, I know you expect that in London, but not Leicester. I know, Leicester. Um, do the gig. We had some uh, Vision listeners come. Well, that's good. It was the three who they came to the uh, London uh, Vision Live podcast. Oh, yeah, I remember them. Yeah, yeah, hey, that's good. They came, yeah. that was nice. It was funny because I was doing... It. <laughs> sometimes, well, like, sometimes, yeah. I, sometimes I might say things on the podcast and then I think to myself, I might try that stand-up. So they got to yeah. put in the show where I started going... Hey, how about they've been selling sex toys at Tesco? And for them, this must have been yeah. the third time they'd heard me say that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. You actually tried it out on the live one, didn't you? Yeah, no one really likes it that much, but I'm finally getting somewhere with it. That's it, yeah? When you hear new material, you think, 
Why is he doing that? But sometimes it takes like five, 10, 20 gigs. And then eventually you draft it into something half decent through little mm. changes every time. Yeah. But in other news, I've announced a uh, stand-up tour. And if you want to come see me, I'm in Manchester, Birmingham, London, Glasgow, Newcastle. Go on my Instagram or Oxford. I don't know why I'm in Oxford. Uh, Sheffield. Brighton, Bristol. Come see me. Come see my debut hour, Hubba Hubba. Yeah, go and see Tom. Yeah, we're going on tour with Pottervision as well, aren't we? Uh, We're still finalising the dates. But um, we've got, we've got, have we got, have we got any on sale yet? No, not yet. But hopefully, with because uh, we're getting a new poster designed and all the marketing sorted. So once that's done, we'll uh, be able to get everything on sale. But just to get you your blood pumping, really, we uh, our dates confirmed at the minute. We're going to be in Birmingham, Leeds, Dublin, which is exciting. I'm excited to be in Dublin, Belfast. We're back in Belfast, Manchester. Uh, and Sheffield, and then we're hoping for a few more dates, but it's all uh, being organised at the minute. But uh, yeah, the it's team to be back on the road. The team are organising all that, and we just sit no. back and let the team do their work. Well, the team is me, and <laughs> we is Tom. Uh, <laughs> so I'm getting in touch with all the people back and forth. Well, no, you're organising the marketing, aren't you? You're sorting the poster out. Yeah, yeah, getting that done and uh, all the fine little details. Um, the poster. Yeah. And we're getting, we're trying to write some new scenes. I sent Tom an idea, didn't get any response. So I don't think that's any good. I've not read it yet. I tell you what, do you know how busy I am? I am rushed off my feet constantly. Well, watching Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> I did that <laughs> at midnight the other night. How dare you comment on my leisure time? Last week, his updates were that he'd been to McDonald's and KFC. <laughs> <laughs> hey, why yeah, would you bring that up? But that fills me with hope that you've you've just not read it. I thought you'd read it. Thought, well, that's shit. And then uh, decided not to mention it and hope I forget. No, 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 no. I'll read that. I'll give anything you give me careful consideration. Um, <laughs> That's lovely. Yeah. Uh, but good law today, replying to people, ch- chasing money. I've been chasing money today. Yeah. I think that's that's the biggest thing is someone who's self-employed. When you do, especially doing gigs, when basically every night you do a gig, you're going to have to chase up that money, send an invoice, wait for it to come back. Because even if you're self-employed and you do like a three-week job, at least you only have one invoice to send or whatever for that job. But it's yeah, it's just chasing chasing people. Tiny people go as well. Invoice me for ten pound. I'm like, keep it. Yeah, you got to think about your time. Yeah, because a lot of time, the people who run the gigs as well also have, like, other jobs and stuff. And so it's not on their priority to do like to pay you. Mm. Mm-mm-mm. Well, you got to put food on the table, haven't you? Um, what else? I forgot to tell you. I've written here. Balaclava, man. 
<laughs> I was on the way back from <laughs> See, Leicester. See, here we go. <laughs> Who's Balaclava, man? Oh, yeah, I was mugged. No, I wasn't. Um, I was on my way back from Leicester. I was on the phone to my sister. And uh, I pulled up at the service station. And this guy yeah. in a balaclava walked into the service station. I was on the yeah. phone to her. I was like, oh, man's with a balaclava. She's gone into the petrol station. And she goes, don't go in. Lock the car door. And I was like, oh. Watching yeah. for a second, and he picked up some Oreos and some Prime and bought it and left. It's <laughs> <laughs> all right. He just wanted Oreos. <laughs> Why has he got a balaclava on? Cold, probably. Yeah, I know, but because I know that's what they were originally invented for, weren't they? Cold or skiing or whatever, but. Now it's everyone knows that's for murderers and robbers. Now you can't wear that for cold anymore, especially mm. going to a petrol station. Mm-mm. It's nice though, isn't I it? Don't care how cold you are, never go into HSBC with a balaclava. You're gonna scare people. Wicked you are. You don't. You don't let anyone have any fun. I've got loads left. I thought it was done. What left? Loads left. What left? Loads left. What left? Loads left. <laughs> <laughs> I've got loads of my coffee left. I thought I was done. Oh, that is exciting, isn't it? And if you'd like the Yeti coffee flask yourself, you can probably find it online, shouldn't you? Don't bother. It's 35 quid. I don't know why I bought it. 35 quid? You pay me to order coffee for you for that. Well, I didn't I didn't get any birthday presents, so I was like, oh, I'll buy myself this as a present. Oh. Nobody bought it, could tell me a birthday prezzy. Don't remember getting anything. Um, speaking of birthdays, it was my niece's birthday, so I went round to her house uh, yeah. yesterday to give her some presents. Gave her a book and some other bits. My nephew was there, and he's got this new thing where <laughs> it comes up to your face and he goes, Ah... And I turn yeah. to my sister, I go, what does he want? She goes, he wants to look in your mouth. So, so <laughs> And so then you go, <laughs> so you open your mouth. Like, and it's, I tell you what, I've never felt more vulnerable in my life. Yeah. It's so funny how like mothers have this language with their kids. Where it's like, how do you know that? <laughs> oh, that means he wants a banana. Right. Teach him banana. Don't teach him. <laughs> yeah. mm. Would you like a biscuit? Mac, mac, mac. Oh, that means he doesn't like it. He doesn't want one. If he says mac, mac, mac. Mac, mac, mac. I'm looking forward to our tour. I am. It's We're on the road again. We're doing yeah. a sequel that not many people have seen. Potter Vision. The Secret Chamber. We're doing the Chamber of Secrets, featuring some of the scenes from Part of Vision One. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but there's going to be some new bits, and it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it because I feel like in Edinburgh we kind of got the show together. In Manchester and London we improved it a bit with different things, and then we're giving it a bit more welly this time as well, adding a few bits and bobs. I'm excited to do it. Yeah. So, yeah, it'd be lovely to see people there. Yes, if people are thinking, oh, I've seen Pottervision before. Uh, Yeah, it's going to be mostly new stuff, a couple of old bits, but 
You know, you got to keep the fans happy with the old bits. <laughs> Anyone seen it before? <laughs> Someone close that door. <laughs> right, someone's brought that tumbleweed. You don't get tumbleweeds in Sheffield. Someone brought that from home. <laughs> hey, I tell you what, I've been uh, I've been playing Hogwarts Legacy at last. Martina got it me for Christmas, and uh, yeah, I've been giving it a go. It's very good. I'm enjoying it. Wingardium Leviosa. Well, you don't do it. It's called. It's just called Levioso. But I think that's just. I don't know what the difference is. I think you can just lift it up, but you can't like choose where it goes. But they don't have Wingardium Leviosa. It's just called Levioso. Maybe they got tired with how long that is. Yeah, I think so. But this is in the past. It's set about I think like 150 years in the past before Harry Potter. So no, you don't know anybody in it. But then some of them are called, like, Barry Weasley. And you're like, oh, well, he's going to be Ron Weasley's great-granddad or something. Hey, but Phineas Nigellus Black's in it as the headmaster. And he's been in the chapter today, in the portraits. Do you get to, uh, do you get to go to the Muggle world? <clears throat> Not yet, but I might do later. But so far, because I've only been playing a few days. But so far, I've been in Hogsmeade and Hogwarts but there's like a world map I think you can go into the Scottish Highlands and stuff I for one would be really interested in a video game set in the 1800s I want to be in Victorian England wouldn't that be nice well it is set in the 1800s yes but you're not listening one that's set in Victorian England along the in the different areas of England not in a castle a magical castle oh yeah X. Yeah. Yeah. But maybe you can start your own game, Victorian Legacy, where you just walk around Victorian England, uh, shooing urchins away and. Oh, with what funding? <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'm, I know a few people. My mum will chip in a tenner. That'll get you a couple of effects. I and, don't think uh, she will. You know, set up a go fund me. How is mummy? Yeah. Hey, I think instead of GoFundMe, there should be a website called Go Fuck Yourself, where you pay somebody to go away. You know, when you're sick of hearing from somebody, I think if you raise enough money, I'll be quiet for a few months. That'd be good. Yeah. Um, the Lost Prophecy. Harry finds himself. <laughs> <laughs> Well, chapter run down, do you? Yes, please. It's chapter 37, The Lost Prophecy. Harry's back at Dumbledore's office. And Dumbledore comes back and he's like, Harry, it's time for me to tell you everything. And then he kind of tells him a little bit of something. Uh, he's like, well, I wanted to tell you all the time, but I didn't want to because you were a little boy and I didn't want to upset you. But now you have to find out that you are the one that has to kill Lord Voldemort. And if you don't kill him, he's going to kill you. And one of them dies while the other lives or whatever it's called. And it's all because of this lost prophecy. Yeah? 
There was a job interview with Professor Trelawney. He didn't want to hire her, but then suddenly a voice went deep and she said, Harry Potter must kill Voldemort. And then he's like, all right, I better hire you then. That sounds good. And then, uh, so he hires her. But the problem was that Voldemort only heard half of the story because somebody only could earwig half of it. And so he's a bit confused about it. He's not sure what the power is, but it's Harry. Harry's powerful for some reason. Yeah, so that was it. The Lost Prophecy. What a chapter. Oh, what a chapter. It was like, it felt like a really good bit of TV drama, this, didn't it? Yeah, it was a nice little dialogue chapter that was just like getting a load of like uh, loose ends tied up. Why did you do this? Why did you do that? Because, Harry, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> mm. You say you love me and earlier you were very close to my lips, Professor. <laughs> Professor, um... were you going to kiss me? <laughs> Well, yeah, it's like one of those special episodes of EastEnders where they only have, like, two characters in it. And they just go back and forth, a bit of development. Dialogue. Dialogue. Um, Lost Prophecy. Standing on the rooftops, everybody scream your hearts out because Sirius Black is dead. Yeah. D-E-A-D. Um, they're in Dumbledore's office. Uh, I didn't know the portrait slept. Did you? Yeah, they're always sleeping, aren't they? Oh, yeah. yeah. It's tight, tidy, yeah? <laughs> it's that bit where he goes with the Lumos. And they go, put that light out. Somebody's trying to sleep here. Put that light out. Yeah. What else do they do? Do they sleep? Do they, do they poo? I think they do. I think they do everything. Because uh, they kind of visit each other's portraits as well. I reckon there's a bit of... Slap and tickle going on in these oil paintings as well. Disgusting. So anyway, Harry is having a little fit. It's natural. It is not. It's against (laughs) God. Yeah. Who knows? I think Circa Doggin and Helga Hufflepuff. Why not? Jesus Christ. So Harry's having a little fit because uh, Sirius Black is dead and Dumbledore's trying to talk to him. And he's... And he's like screaming at Dumbledore, I hate you, I've always loved Sirius. And we finally get the explanation of the connection between Harry Potter and the baddie of the films, Voldemort. Yeah. It's a big deal. Yeah, I think that last few chapters, because this book has been long, and at some times it's not been as exciting as I would have liked. But... It feels like the last few chapters have really like brought it all together. And the big reveal, yeah, Harry and Voldemort. Are brothers. <laughs> they're brothers. <laughs> no, that's not possible. All right, you're enemies then. They're, 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 br- they're like Drake and Josh. They're the Drake and Josh of the wizarding world, right? Not that simple, but is that is that Drake and Josh? Still yeah, like that. it is Drake and Josh, which has got a connection to Lost Prophets because Drake has had to exile himself to Mexico because of allegations <laughs> made against him. So everything comes full circle. 
I found a way. I found, <laughs> I found a way. A way. <laughs> if you open up your mind, it's gonna take <laughs> some time to realize. Um, I love this bit as well with the mention Snape and uh, Professor yeah. Snape, and how he goes. Um, says something. He, he rejects him as Snape, and he's like. That's why Snape's been teaching me that lesson. And then Dumbledore goes, uh, Professor Snape, Harry, he's in one of the lowest moments of his life and his teacher's yeah. correcting him on the title of one of his teachers. Uh, excuse me, year 11. We address Professor Snape by Professor Snape or Mr. Uncle Daddy, right? We do not call him Snape. <laughs> uh, it's Dr. Shipman, actually, not Harold. Thank you. If you're going to accuse somebody, <laughs> use their proper name and title. <laughs> yeah, it does seem a bit petty. Yeah, why correct him on things like that? But Harry, on the other hand, I know you're annoyed, but he's breaking all these priceless magical artifacts, throwing stuff around the room. Mm. There's no need for that, is there? Yeah. Grieve tidily. <laughs> I know. Grieve tidily. <laughs> <laughs> no smashing and crashing. Do that with your own stuff. Throw Dudley's old knickers around. You don't have have to ever... Break my rememberal or me pensive. Have you ever broken anything on purpose? Mm, I know there's, I that, there's that story of you trying to set fire to the Kirkby family home when you were burning stuff inside the house. And then they came home and said, were you trying to set the fire to us all? And then you said, oh, I was going to wait till you all went to sleep. And then they said, don't do that. <laughs> and, then, then you said, and then you said, all right, then I won't. <laughs> it's always important to have these... To burn a bit of paper. It's always important to have these conversations with your sons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Did I ever break something on purpose? I don't think so. No. Once I bought a watch from the pound shop. It was a pound. Yeah. And I couldn't figure out how to set the time on it at all. So I just took it into the back garden, got a hammer and smashed it up. <laughs> <laughs> Andy, and did that work? <laughs> I don't know. When you do things like that, you feel very idiotic. I remember my mum looking at me out the window like <laughs> It is odd, isn't it? But I think a lot of people do have that urge when they get annoyed just <laughs> just to destroy something. I went I said to the watch, I was like, Have you ever seen time fly? Well who wants to, have you ever heard about time die? And then I overheard a neighbour say, That's not a pun. <laughs> to smash the trash talk before destroying a watch. <laughs> Very good. Yeah, no, I don't know. I once tried to get my Buzz Lightyear to fly by dropping it from a high height. So I was like, I'll we'll probably be able to fly down the stairs. And I went, mm. And it just yeah. went, <laughs> just like the film. Yeah. Yeah, Buzz don't want to do it. Like, you know, I think maybe that's right. Like, because they're not supposed to move when the kids are there. But if you dropped it from a height, it's like, Buzz, what do you want more? Me not to know you're real or do you want to survive? <laughs> <laughs> Put this to the test. It's up to you, boss. And then just drop him. 
<laughs> but no, Harry's like smashing all sorts. And I could understand maybe like one thing going across the room and then being like, oh, can't believe I did that. But he's destroying all sorts. We get informed that Creature lied. Harry's like, Creature lied? That's not like him. I thought he always had our best intentions at heart. No, 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 no. I, um, it, was, it was subtle. But ever since you've met Creature, he's not liked any of you or his family, any of your friends or family being in his house. And then Harry's like, I didn't get, I didn't get that vibe off him. Really? <laughs> Yeah, it's not quite the Quirrell t- uh, twist in book one, is it? Oh, it always seems so nice. No, the creature was always horrible. Uh, we should have always been suspicious of the creature. He was in cahoots with Sirius's dead mum in the portrait. Why not go and speak to the Malfoys? Dumbledore says, he goes, oh, One day, in a, in a moment of exasperation, a Sirius shouted, Get out at him! And Creature... Took that bent that as to go, oh, get out. You mean leave this house and go and find Bellatrix Lestrange? All right, if you insist. No, I didn't say that, creature. I said get out, and you've been very, you've stretched what I meant. No, I didn't. I've given you an inch and you've taken a mile. Creature, could you clean the cupboards? By that, I assume you mean clean the cupboards in the Malfoy's house and tell them all of your secrets. No, 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 I didn't say that. <laughs> Don't be twisting my words. Yeah? Did you mean run to the Malfoy's bath? No, run me a bath. I want you to run me a bath in my house. I assume by that you want me to bleach Draco Malfoy's hair blonde. No, I want you to bleach my hair blonde. You, what you mention in Malfoy's every five minutes. And it's me I want you to pamper. Yeah. I have spent galleons and galleons on this Pantene Pro-V hair colour. I hope they do hair colour. And you have been taking it all the way to Malfoy Manor. Right, and look at me. Look at me, brown. Grey. Grey. I want to be serious blonde. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've won, uh, I know... I've been in Azkaban for a while and I'm a bit weird now, but you might have noticed I've dyed my hair blonde. I'd like you to all call me Sirius Blonde from now on. Uh, we didn't call you Sirius Black because your hair was black. Your hair was brown. Uh, we called you Sirius Black because that's your surname. Well, yeah, listen, now I'm Sirius Blonde. Just don't make sense, really. Right, can everyone come and sit round? Um, just have a bit of an announcement. Um... Like to be now known as Sirius Ombre. Uh, if everyone can call me that, no, no, you're Sirius Black. Just because you, just because you've got ombre hair. Sirius Perm? No, I'm not that. You're always going to be Sirius Black. <laughs> That's not part of it. That's not part of it. Um. Hmm. Dumbledore's like, if only Sirius Black hadn't been so cruel to Creature. <laughs> Which is a bit insensitive about five minutes after his death. And Harry's like, how dare you? I'll kill you before you criticise anything bad he ever did. Yeah, I'm with Harry on that one. I feel like some of Dumbledore's comments 
are just not very helpful at all. Well, maybe if he wasn't such a bastard creature. Right, he's he's not even cold, Dumbledore. I need he's to only get just fallen through that curtain. I need to get some clarity on the rules with the lies of creature. So he'll tell the truth to Sirius Black. Yeah, I think he has to obey and he has tell to obey Sirius to Black because he's his master. He can lie to Harry Potter. Yeah. But he also tells the truth to Dumbledore. Yeah, I don't really get that. Because he's a bit where he goes, oh. where Dumbledore comes in, he goes, yeah. where's Sirius Black? And he goes, he goes, he's at the ministry. <laughs> and he goes, no, 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 we're not in Greece. <laughs> okay, I'll join you. <laughs> Is that why you were late, Dumbledore? Is that why you arrived after everybody else? And why Sirius might be dead? <laughs> well, once I've done that and the cha-cha slide, uh, yeah, I was on my way. Mm. But I was serious, because Sirius is like confined to Grimmauld Place. I think he's only left once. How has he not noticed that Creature has been disappearing every five minutes? How is Sirius not noticed? Oh, he doesn't like him in the room, does he? Oh, maybe. And it's a very oh, big... Oh, can't elves do that clicky thing where they... Can't they apparate? Yeah, this bit. They <laughs> 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 do that clicky thing. The Greek dance. Yeah. Very good. <sighs> Yeah, and then he explains about Petunia um, keeping him. And something of the art, like, I didn't really understand this. He was like, you are connected and you are safe at the Dursleys because it's an there ancient... is protection in your mother's blood. It's an ancient magic that Voldemort doesn't understand. He's cross with it. <laughs> is he? Yes. Well, I don't think you understand it, Dumbledore, because you've not explained it very well. It's based on blood and also land ownership. So as long as Petunia's name is on the deed at Privet Drive, then ha what if they move house? As long as she <laughs> owns the ground rent, uh, then she will protect you <laughs> from vo what you're talking about. Yeah, that'd be a different ending, you know. Deathly Hallows, Voldemort turns up. Ah, Mr. Potter, I have been speaking to my local solicitor. <laughs> and it turns out that number four Privet Drive is leasehold. <laughs> ah, vada <-ga> vada. <laughs> turns out she didn't own the land, only the house on top of it. And that right. was Harry's downfall. Great. So dumb, isn't it? It's. I think this was in book one that it was like the reason he can't hurt you is his love and land ownership, <laughs> <laughs> and your auntie's on love the property and ladder. Your postcode. <laughs> and how far does that extend? Because like, does it extend to the garden? Does it extend to the neighbour's house? 
And is like, it the whole village? It's open. As long as you return there once a year. What? What's this like? You know, this like new Brexit rules where you have to return to England yeah. every three months if you want to live in Spain. You have to come back to England every three months once. <laughs> Mad, isn't it? Harry, uh, you're a bit like an electric car, right? You have to go back and charge yourself up every now and again. Once a year. Yeah, then you'll stay protected. Right? Yeah. Right. Dumbledore yeah. make no sense. Can he set? Can he not set fire to it? Um, like, what would happen if he threw a petrol bomb through your window? Yeah. Well, what if someone else did it? Now, this is only protection from Dumbledore, surely. Why can't Mrs. Weasley come and murder you? Is that a thing? Can that happen? Does Mrs. Weasley want to murder me? No. Why did you bring that up? Hmm... <laughs> Because the Weasleys have all been there, so it's not as if they're not allowed to be there. What's stopping them, for example, strangling him? Why can't it be one of the Death Eaters having I a go at him? You could put a little charm on um, a, uh, a muggle. Be like, go around Harry Potter's house and uh, yeah. knock him out. Yeah. So it's like, just because it's a prophecy, don't <laughs> trust it. Oh, it has to be Voldemort that kills Harry. No, no, get, try someone else first. Give it a go. We were told as well, weren't we? They were like, um, um, the prophecy can only be touched by the persons it's about, otherwise the person go mad. But I destroyed the prophecy, I never got to look at it. Don't worry, uh, someone's already had a look at it. Who, who, me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why are you not gone mad? Although he just eared it firsthand, didn't he, from Professor Trelawney? Yeah, no, but he was the one who like created it or something. He goes, "It was many years ago. I was doing a job interview in a pub. Not very professional. Yeah, D don't be doing job interviews in pubs. Oh. And somebody, yeah, there's nowhere in the castle to do that, is there? And somebody, no, castle. <laughs> uh, we'll meet in the pub. This, let's go. This hasn't. This culture hasn't stopped either because." If you think to the beginning of this book, when they're having like an Order of the Phoenix meeting, it initially says these empty bottles of wine littered across the table. Yeah. Pissed. Pissheads. <laughs> naughty, naughty. Yeah, it's not like you've got a whole castle to go and do a job interview. Why are you going to Hogsmeade? Get them to have a look around, see if they like the building. The job interview is not just for the employer, it's for the employee. Gives them a chance to get a vibe of the place. Yeah, speak to some colleagues, ask some questions, see some things. Yeah. <sighs> I just want to see the headmaster with a bitter. So, um, how flexible is the salary? Huh? Oh, don't ask me about that. I'm just here to relax. You invited me here, Dumbledore. I know, but... How do you feel about men with beards? You're gay. <laughs> uh, could you tell me, like, if there's any uh, opportunity for professional development? Ah, later, later, later. Game of darts? Ah, I'm not having a game of darts. It's a job interview. <laughs> there's nothing funnier than the tester go on anything. Test the throw. 
There's some darts players that do that. They call it a ghost dart. Where before they throw a dart, they, they pretend to throw one just to get the arm movement going. And then they pick up another dart and then another one. <laughs> well, that is the beauty of darts players. Yeah. Well, they're the only beauty. Oi. Oi. Oh. But that brings us to the end of the school year. Dumbledore's let himself back into that office at Hogwarts. <laughs> yeah. Excuse me, aren't you meant to be on the run? <laughs> oh, I'm back. Yeah, but I think it was all cleared up, wasn't it, with the Ministry? He's kind of just worked, like weaseled his way back into the office. I've no idea what's happened to Umbridge. Last thing we knew, she was just being carted off by a load of uh, muscular horses. Mm. So maybe she's enjoying it. Maybe she doesn't want to come back. But yeah, this prophecy, yeah, it's a big deal, right? The one with the power to vanquish the Dark Lord approaches. Born to those who have thrice defined him. Born as the seventh month dies, and the Dark Lord will mark him as his equal. But he will have power the Dark Lord knows not. And either must die at the hand of the other, for neither can live while the other survives. The mm. one with the power to vanquish the Dark Lord will be born as the seventh month dies. Brilliant. It's a pivotal part of the series, isn't it? I feel like this is the bit where it's like, right... From now on, we're getting to the climax of this. You've got two books left. We're not pissing about anymore with all oh, flankies, little little creatures. Not doing that anymore, yeah? There's a soul that's been split into however many pieces. And you've got to kill them all, yeah? Not messing about anymore. This is war. The beginning of the Second Wizard War. Wizard War 2. Two, two wizard, two war. Two war. <laughs> 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 uh, it's back. Yeah, I'm surprised they've not had more. There's only been one wizard war. In all the thousands of years of wizards. And is it, I think we've talked about this before, but is it worldwide or is it just in Britain? Because that's like a wizard civil war, isn't it? Britain, I think. Beautiful Britain. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Mm. Hey, and I, it says here, the other candidates, there were two potentials for the chosen one, and it could have been Neville, but Voldemort didn't mark him as his equal. That's so funny. How do you know it was me? How do you know it wasn't Neville? Because Voldemort chose you. Why? Because Neville's a gimp. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, also it's very strange that Voldemort, as an adult man, has looked at a baby and gone, oh, I think you're my equal. Also as well, you know, if you're going to be that specific, be a little bit extra specific. Yeah. The prophecy says that his, his equal will be a baby whose parents have challenged him three times, right, born at the end of July. Right, just say, say who it is. <laughs> yeah. 
It's literally me, and it? It's me. Why? Just say my name. Is it? No, it could be you or Neville. But why is it not Neville? Uh... <laughs> Don't know. What do you know? Hey, but maybe that's part of it. Maybe Neville might have some big role to play in the future. Who knows? I don't. The only role I'm going to give him is a little dancing role. I'm going to give him a ham and cheese role. He'd like that. He likes ham and cheese. Silly. Right. How many... Um. Ham and cheese rolls out of five. Are you going to give this chapter? I like this. It was nitty gritty. And yeah. bitty, little Britain. <laughs> hey, that's been nearly ten episodes without a reference to little Britain. Well done. As it buggery. Start again next week. As if. We definitely mention it every episode. <laughs> yeah, I enjoyed it, yeah? It was getting right into the the details of what was going on. A very in-depth Harry going mad, throwing things, fighting things. He wants to kill Dumbledore for a moment or two. Dumbledore mm. explains what's going on, explains the prophecy. Still a bit mysterious. I thought it was bloody fantastic and in a very different way to the last chapter. But I am also going to give it five ham and cheese rolls out of five. Right. For me, it was fun. We learned a lot of information. There was a lot for us to talk about. It was juicy. It was nitty. It was gritty. It was... Well, it's been said this so far, but it was Little Britain Bitty. Mummy, I want Bitty. No, not Bitty now. Bitty later. But I'm hungry. Very funny. A full-grown posh man sucking on his mother's tit in front of his fiance. That is comedy. That is good old-fashioned... <laughs> British yeah. comedy. Not bitty now, bitty later, but I'm hungry. Brilliant. And then a big prosthetic, prosthetic tit is revealed. And then there's a milk moustache on his lip. So for that reason... Yeah, sorry, we're talk- Harry, po- Harry Potter we're talking about. <laughs> for that reason, I'm going to give it five ham and cheese rolls out of five. Fantastic. Right, are you ready for a quiz? Yeah. Question one. Who said, ah, Harry Potter? Uh, Phineas Nigelus Black. Correct. Question two. Which version of Forks do we get in this chapter? The baby version. No, no. Tiny, ugly and featherless. Question three. He's a baby, isn't he? I don't know. It doesn't say that. (laughs) Question three. What did Harry throw into the fireplace? Oh, um, oh, I can't remember. Sneakerscope? Oh, Lunascope. Oh. Question five, finally. What kind of hands did Dumbledore have? Uh, tired? Long-fingered. Unfortunately, oh. you have lost the quiz. <laughs> quiz, 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 quiz. Woo-woo. And now it's time for the nation's second favourite segment. It's Hedwig's Droppings. 
We're not alluding to owl poo, we're not alluding to plappings. We mean the messages you send in when we allude to Hedwig's droppings. What's in a beak this week? Well, we've had a few lovely five-star reviews. Uh, we've had one from Joe Bartoli. Now, Joe says, or Bartoli, if it's pronounced like that, uh, she calls it Harry Potter and the Greatest Podcast on Earth. God, I love this podcast. Hilarious from episode one, from episode one, and just gets better. Recently started watching them on YouTube too, which has me lolling my head off. They're both so good at pulling apart the book in the funniest way and playing on long-running jokes. They bounce off each other and are having the most fun. If you're not listening, you're missing out. Oh, thank you very much, Joe. That's lovely. Now, you've been mentioning the, the little kids watch uh, Bob's and listen to Bob's and they've given us a lovely five-star review. Thanking us for everything they do. Uh, one of them said that we've inspired them to watch Austin Powers. And the other said they've just done their sats. So, so well done. And, uh, oh, it's mock sats, sorry. So good luck with uh, the real ones coming up in a couple of months. <laughs> Thank you so much for giving us a five-star review. Now, we've got a few more patrons. And the first one is a baby Draco. And it's Chloe-ish. Chloe-ish. Um, you are on a camping holiday with your parents. La 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 la. You can hear other people in a different tent going, should we bring a baby camping? Your parents go, shut up, we can hear you. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> um, it's a blustery night. Whoosh. Your parents have earplugs in and they are fast asleep. But unfortunately, they don't make earplugs for a baby. You start to hear the zip of the tent begin to be opened. You're like, oh God, what's this? You're a baby, sat bolt upright up in bed. Ah, ah. A long-fingered hand reaches in. Honestly, it is demonic. Um oh. And you start backing away from it, but this thing is not from this earthly realm. And it reaches, um, it walks its fingers over your parents' bodies, puts its hairy little knuckle in your daddy's ear, but sets its sights on you, grabs you by the head and drags you out the tent. You go, oh! You start screaming, ah! drags you into the woods you are to be sacrificed to the devil oh. horrible stuff oh. <laughs> that's him that's the fella um a human sacrifice by a half goat man himself there's a lot of candles, there's a pentagram. La 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 la. Hey Your parents stir in the night. Oh, oh. Wake up. Where's baby? They come out of the tent, they look into the woods, and they see these green embers. They run towards the woods. Get off her. Get off baby. They grab a shovel on the way. They see the goat-headed man, and they 
hit him on the back of the head. Ah! The devil's rising out of the mud. Hey, what's going on? Who's getting me up? And Goatman falls to the ground. They take the shovel and they cut off the Goatman's head. <laughs> the devil goes, oh, and he puts his head back under the mud. And then parents get the baby back. Hey, that's fantastic. So thank you very much, Chloe-ish. Uh, we've got another patron, a brand new baby Hermione, and it's Hans Brown. Hans Brown. <laughs> Sounds like Lucas every every time he leaves the toilet. <laughs> We're sorry about that, Hans. <laughs> Hans Brown, you are in uh, America, Mardi Gras. It's a celebration Fat Tuesday, everyone is drinking, throwing beads about. Your mother is holding you on the balcony. People are shouting down, throw down some beads to me. Throw down some beads. She reaches for some beads. She's throwing them about. Someone else says, throw down some beads. She accidentally throws you, Hans, a baby. Ah! Thrown to the earth. Fires start to engulf your body. You've been thrown that fast. <sighs> plummeting <laughs> towards the earth. I catch you. I douse you in beer to set, put the flames out. I hold you in my hands and... <coughs> throw you back up to mummy. Hey! Hey! Thank you very much, Hans Brown. Now we've got another baby, Hermione, and it's Simon Curry. Simon Curry. Do you know what that name reminds me of? What? Curry. Hey, I was thinking that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you know why? Go on. It's the surname Curry. It sounds the same as the meal Curry. <laughs> <laughs> it does, doesn't it? Yeah. It's spelled a bit different, but it sounds similar, doesn't it? God, that's interesting, isn't it? Yeah. Right in, Simon. Have you ever thought I of that? I think that's a good enough story in itself. <laughs> that realisation. <laughs> Is that enough, Simon? Simon. <laughs> your, your parents have ordered a takeaway. Guess what they've ordered? You guessed it. Pizza. <laughs> <laughs> I got him. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's it's mad how many baby stories I've done because I've already done one where a pizza gets delivered. <laughs> yeah. Well, everyone sat round. Pizza gets delivered. I want some. I want some. Open up the pizza box. You, you crawl onto the pizza, and your nappy falls off. <laughs> And everyone goes, falls off. his nappy falls off. Oh. And everyone goes, oh, oh it's disgusting. Yeah. There's, a, there's, a, there's a dirty beggar walking past the house. And they're about to, your parents are about to throw the pizza away. And he goes, I'll have that. And then your family go, oh, it's covered in baby shit. And he goes, it'll wipe off. And they go, oh, I'd rather you didn't. Feels a bit... <laughs> You're crossing, crossing a line there. And he goes, no, 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 no. Trust me. So uh, this dirty git 
takes a pizza, and then you all go back into Lance on the sofa, and he stands outside the window, and he eats the pizza with baby shit on it, and everyone yeah. just watches him in disgust. Yeah. I come over with a policeman's truncheon, and I smack him on the head, <clears throat> like in Wallace yeah. and Gromit, and he passes out, yeah. and I get arrested, because that's not all right. Oh, thank you very much, Simon. <laughs> We've got a baby Harry to welcome to the fold, and the baby Harry is Ben Ramsey. Ben Ramsey. Do you know what that name reminds me of? Gordon Ramsey. Gordon Ramsey. Yeah. Do you know why? Why is that? Go on. It's the surname Ramsey. It sounds the same. Yeah. Makes me think of neighbours. Why? Because a character called Ben in Neighbours. Oh, we silly, aren't we, listeners? Oh, we silly, aren't we? <laughs> Maybe this will be the new baby story thing. Instead of the story, we just discuss everyone's name. Yeah, that'd be nice. <laughs> um, ben Ramsey. You are playing in about. I tell you, I'm about to tell these stories, and I'm about. I swear I've done this one, even though this sounds mental. I'm gonna. You stop me if I've done this one. You're playing in the back garden. Tom, you've already done one where the baby turns into a giant seagull. Done that one. You're playing in the back garden. Um. And a mole puts its head above the surface of the floor and looks at you. And you go, Oh, mole looks back at you. And it reaches its hand out and grabs you by the head. And you're like, This is odd. And it pulls you beneath the earth. Yeah. <laughs> you are a baby. It takes you into the mole kingdom. But the thing is, moles, they don't have an understanding of the age of humans. So they take you to be an adult human and they try and marry you to the princess of the mole kingdom. Right. So they put you in a tuxedo and then there's a ceremony. There's hundreds of moles on her side. There's no moles on your side or humans for that matter because you didn't invite anyone. Um, we didn't have a chance to because we've been forced to marry a mole. Um, <laughs> you're at the altar, and they're like, uh, Will you, molette, take man? And then a uh, molette is like, Yep. Yeah. And they say to you, Will you, man, baby, take molette, be your wife? And you start feeling pressure because you're like, No, I don't want to marry anyone, I'm a baby. But at the same time, yeah. You don't want to let anyone down because they've put all this together. <laughs> yeah. So you say yes and you begin to live down there in the mole kingdom. And people start getting weirded out by how big you're getting and how the fact you're outliving everyone. Moles only live about 12 years or less. I don't know. I'm guessing. So your bride has died. All your children have died and you're only 30. 
At some point, you decide to leave the Mole Kingdom when you're 40 and you go to university, right? You're like, I'm going to come out of here now. You go through clearing because you didn't get the A-levels you wanted and you wind up somewhere. And, uh, yeah, that's it. That's lovely. Thank you very much, Ben. And should we do one more? And then you've done five. Yeah. So our final baby Harry to welcome to the patrons is Hugh. Hello, Hugh. Hugh what? Hugh. I've just got Hugh on my piece of paper. <sighs> Hugh. 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 I can't think of a single yeah, I can't think of a single celebrity called Hugh, so that's uh Hugh Grant. No, he's not one. Hugh Fernley Whittingstall. Who's that? <laughs> Remember him? Curly hair and specs. Or was he the one with the uh I always get Hugh Fernley Whittingstall and Heston Blumenthal mixed up. I think Heston Blumenthal's bald with glasses. Yeah. Hugh, you are the child, the son, may I say, of a parking inspector. Yeah, Hugh Jackman. No! This is the story now. I've given you, all, I've given you three. Stay out of it. Right. So, this parking inspector is putting a ticket on someone's car. They come running out of the shop going, No, 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 I'm just leaving now. Your dad says, yeah. tough titty. They go, is that your son? <laughs> Point at you, Hugh. Yeah. And they go, yeah. You go, he goes, yeah. So this man, who's just got a ticket, picks up your son and launches you. I'd love to see a bar chart of the amount of times one of these babies has been launched into the air. <laughs> yeah. Hey, what about Hugh Hefner? Shh, it's a baby. Don't be disgusting. This baby <laughs> gets launched into the air. And it hits a seagull. Yeah. The seagull goes, ah! And then it falls a bit more, and it hits an owl. And the owl goes, woo! And then it falls a bit more, and it hits a dog. And the dog goes, woo! <laughs> and then it lands on a cat, you Hugh. And the cat goes, meow. And it lands on a mouse. <laughs> and the mouse goes, <laughs> And then it lands on me, yeah. sunbathing. I go, ah, ah, ah! Baby! And then I walk you back to your dad and I go, don't let him get out of your sight again. Hugh, welcome. There you go, welcome Hugh. So that was Hedwig's Droppings. This has been Pottervision, uh, the Pottervision podcast. Thank you all so much for listening. Yeah, if you head over to our Patreon, you too can uh, access all the bonus material there. We've got both our live shows are available. Uh, 74, I believe, bonus episodes of the podcast about all sorts of things. And once we're finished with this book, we'll be doing a deep dive into the fifth Harry Potter movie over a few episodes. So I'm looking forward to getting into that. Uh, and yeah, and very soon we'll be announcing all the dates. So keep an eye out on our website. Uh, mm. I'm pretty sure by the time of the next podcast episode we'll be able to give you some definite dates and stuff uh, oh. so yeah we'd love to see you when we're traveling about on tour oh anyway next time we'll be on episode 135 chapter 38 of book five 
The second war begins. You have been a very busy Tom Lawrence. And you have been lovely as always, Lucas Kirkby. Goodbye. Motivation. Thank you for listening to the Pottervision podcast. The music was performed by Jack Evans. If you'd like bonus content and to support the show, you can visit patreon.com forward slash Pottervision.